Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy Anderbrock and Carrie Brinker. Thank you, Gavin, and welcome to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love, ladies, and this is Love Talk. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we are here on the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk Building Bridges of Love and Leadership. And in studio today is my beautiful and wonderful and amazing and gracious and glorious friend, Kathy Underbrown. <laughs> Okay, that's a lot of G's, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it. It is so great to be in studio with you today. And, you know, this summer, spending time together in Austin, Texas, in studio, and in this series, A Day in the Life of a Witness, we have gotten to meet so many incredible people. And, you know, it's hard to tick them all off because I'm trying to get in my head what shows have aired and what shows haven't aired. But so far, listening friends, you have met communication manager for Museum of the Bible. You have met a beautiful 18-year-old Paris Brinkley, the amazing uh, Susanna Strotman. And we've just tried to bring you a diverse group of people that that God that are just saying yes to God that are just saying yes to sharing what he is doing in their lives these people none of them have a theology to degree they are just willing to be vulnerable and genuine and share what God is doing in their lives and just being willing to share their relationship with others. And I've I've loved it, Carrie. I've loved this series. I've loved this series. I feel like, Kathy, every you know series that we do, I learn something more about our Savior and his heart and what he desires for me um, as I seek his face. Um, and just seeing that through other people has been an amazing journey this summer. You know, I've embarked on some firsts this summer, too, uh, you know, preaching some sermons, uh, which was super fun for me. Um, and just uh, my daughter has a job this summer. Uh, There's just a lot of firsts this summer, uh, you know, as we as – we, as, it's just been great, Kathy. It's been great, and it's been great having you here in studio to enjoy it all. You know, there are so many firsts in our life, and some some of those firsts we anticipate and we enjoy, and some of those first experiences are not so great. And, you know, friends, I don't know what your summer's been like, <laughs> and I bet some of you have had an amazing summer, a wonderful summer, and maybe some of you this summer has just been a chapter that you never want to repeat for as long as you live And this is the wonderful thing about Jesus is that he's right there with us through each summer, through each step, through each experience. And he's going to minister to our hearts first before he ever expects us to go out and and do anything for him. Matter of fact, he gives freely. There are no expectations or conditions placed on his love. That is a free gift to us, which is the glorious thing about our savior because there's no other religion in the world that has that the grace that is that is the foundation of our religion is the only place jesus christ that that you will find that and that's what separates us from every single other religion in the world is a loving forgiving um father who's filled with grace and wants the best for us it's a fun thing to be unique. I like, I, I like Carrie. You know, as, we've, as we have interviewed 
all of these different uh, witnesses, all of these different people from diverse backgrounds. You know, so many people think, oh, there's a type when you talk about Christians. There's a type. And, Mm-mm. boy, I tell you, that is just not the case. Such God uses this diverse group of people that are so unique in each of their own ways. And, friends, just as you are unique, God has great plans for you. God wants to use that uniqueness because he has built that in there as he has knit you together and wired all of those little personality traits in there, all of those passions in there. He has he has a purpose for each of those. And we hope that as this summer, as you've been spending time with us, that you've started to get a taste for that, a, a taste for what God would do in your life as you draw close into relationship with him. And now, Carrie, at the end of this summer, I'm going to be dropping off my oldest at Ooh. Baylor and I'm going to be I'm going to be heartbroken. Girl, I know that's going to be hard. I, I'm going to live through you this summer because I know in three more years, I'm going to be feeling exactly the same way when I drop my girl off somewhere. Um, So you'll have mixed emotions, though. Your girl is ready to fly. She has the full armor, and she is ready. She is definitely ready for it. She went to Baylor Orientation and Baylor Line Camp and had an absolute ball. And uh, now I I will tell you, I dropped her off at Line Camp. That was kind of hard to do. Um, And so I'm so grateful when I go out in August that Eric is going to be there with me. And Eric says, he goes, Kathy, I'll bring Kleenex for you, but you better bring a whole box for me. Oh, yeah, I know. You're sweet as any of the tenderhearted. I know when my parents dropped me off at college, they said they couldn't look at each other when they left. They really could not even physically look at one another because they just both start crying. So there might be a lot of silence after you drop off Aaliyah. There, there might be a little bit. Yeah. So the drive back from Waco to Austin. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll just turn on some good old Christian <laughs> music and have the Lord just kind of minister to our hearts on that drive back. Well, speaking of ministering, Carrie, we have some incredible guests I'm that we're so, so excited. excited. Okay, so I'm going to let you do the intro okay. because you, you truly um, have a heart for this couple because one of them used to be one of your players at Southwestern. Oh my stars. I I can't believe I'm sitting across the table from a beautiful, well, we called her KJ in college, um, Kristen Johnson. She's now Kristen Franklin uh, and her husband, Danny, who also is a Southwestern pirate and played basketball, many road trips together in the, in the bus, but uh, they were not dating back then. Uh, I'll tell you that story. Uh, Danny and Kristen are both proud native Texans and Kristen grew up here in Austin while Danny grew up in Katy. They both attended Southwestern in Georgetown, and they met there, uh, both playing collegiate basketball. However, Kristen is very quick to point out that they didn't start dating until a year after graduating from Southwestern, since Danny had a lot of maturing to do. (laughs) And all of their friends will giggle at that. Uh, Even when Danny walked in here today, he said, no one would have ever thought that Kristen would have dated me. So uh, he knows how blessed he is, that is for sure. After college, Danny managed a fitness facility in Lightweight for seven years, and Kristen, after working as a teacher in Guatemala, returned to get a second degree from Texas State in graphic design, and she continues to freelance as a graphic designer. Danny and Kristen were married almost 10 years ago, October 2009. That tells you how old I am. It makes me feel old. Um, and it was shortly after that they felt called to overseas missions. In the fall of 2014, they moved to East Asia, And they planned to stay there for 10 years. But this past November, they were forced out of country, and they're now in the process 
of transitioning to a new country in Asia. They have one beautiful daughter who's two and a half, and they are expecting a son in September. KJ, Danny, welcome to Love Talk. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's fun. Thanks. It is fun. I, I remember, KJ, we were talking um, before this show that you were baptized in college. That's right. I was uh, I was a junior, and I remember I was all sweaty after basketball practice and invited the whole team to mm-hmm. the church we were going to at the time. Nova. I don't even know if it still exists. It is. They just built a new facility in Georgetown. They're out of the the theater. You should go while you're in town. Yeah, Um, yeah, great, great place. And in fact, my kids uh, go to youth there quite a bit. Um, Yeah, yeah. it's where it all began for you. It is. That. um, Yeah, I can't remember a time having grown up in church that I didn't believe in my head that Jesus was who He said He was. But it was definitely in college where He made it real for my heart and yeah was a junior in college when I think my walk with him really got deeper and started Um, I remember going to that baptism and uh, just being so proud of you to stand up for what you were believing and what what you knew God was going to do in your life and uh, I think Danny was still on the sidelines at that point in time Danny tell us about your walk with Christ and when you came to know him yeah, for sure. I think um, one of the best ways of describing just my faith is um, that we worship a God that pursues. Uh, I just think back on my own childhood, my family, very blessed that both my parents um, have a strong faith. They modeled that for me. Um, I know they would also agree that God has definitely pursued them individually and then as a couple. Um, but yeah, as we've talked about, I had a lot of maturing to do in college. <laughs> um, I was not walking with the Lord like I should have been. Um, And it wasn't really until a year and a half, two years after college, when I started dating Kristen, we got involved in a small group um, at our local church here in Austin. And it was really uh, for the first time uh, with a bunch of, a group of guys, like I want to say six or seven of us that got together, um, that I truly understood what it means that Jesus is Lord, Lord of Mm -hmm. my entire life, not just show up on Sundays or a Wednesday night, but that he was in control of my finances, that he was in control of you know, what I did at work, the relationships that I had. Um, And it was, yeah, I still look fondly. Uh, They're still some of my best friends, and they really were an awesome group. So when you were with those six guys, were you a little bit fearful of being held accountable for everything? Um, Yeah, but it was was one of those things that it was almost reassuring. Like, it, I'd never had true accountability before. You know, normally it's the kind that I was used to, let's show up at Starbucks on a Tuesday morning, talk about what's going on in our life, and you know, my buddy next to me be like, oh, man, that's so hard. I'll pray for you. All right, let's meet meet next Tuesday. And that's, I'm not, I don't want to diss that, but there is this um, level of intim- intimacy um, that just showing up at, and to have coffee with people that's just, um, I don't think. Was it kind of surface and what you had with the Yeah, with I, like group. I was looking for more depth. Mm-hmm. And so not like they would, um there was any punishment from them or condemnation, but it was one of those things that the things that I was struggling with that I could be, I felt myself, I could be completely free and open with mm-hmm. them and in my struggles that I really did know that they were truly praying for me and that they desired what's best for me and that they truly loved me. Um, but yeah, it wasn't one of those things that they were just, oh, that's okay. You're struggling with this. Um, hopefully next week you won't. No, it was like, let's, let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. Let's, 
Yeah, I'll call you. I'll call you multiple times a day just yes. to check to see if you're you're overcoming the struggles that so I'm dealing with. So then stepping into your circumstances and walking through with you to address those things that you were struggling with. So a, just not a, a superficial group, but a really in-depth group. I mean, I know a lot of times, depending on where we are in our walk, sometimes it's a good start just to say I'm willing to be accountable and meet with someone once a week. And then I love it when you are genuinely ready and you're going to press deeper – getting together with that more intimate group of men or right. women or women. It, it's so important for all of us to have those people who will hold us accountable and do life with you. There's a difference exactly. between drinking coffee and doing life. And that's mm-hmm. what you found with this group of guys. Oh, what a wonderful story. Friends, I know you can hear this big giant smile on my face as I'm here with a a former player who I just adore, and I'm so proud of what Danny and Kristen are, are doing. They are planting churches in this world for Jesus. When we return to Love Talk, we'll hear more about being a foreign missionary and what that means to them. When we return to Love Talk, right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Endebrock in studio with Coach Carrie Brinkater. And our two amazing guests today, Danny and Kristen Franklin, missionaries uh, in East Asia. And just hearing about how you started now. Okay, Kristen was KJ, KJ to, to yep. Coach Carrie at Southwestern mm-hmm. University. And Danny and Kristen, you guys were not dating at the time. You actually both graduated Southwestern and kind of started dating and seeing each other seriously after that. And now you found yourself at a local Austin church, and you were really started to meet with some a small men's group, Danny, you were saying earlier, and started pressing really intimately into that relationship with Christ. So now now walk us through, you were, you were pretty young at the time when you felt the call to become missionaries. It, that was not something that was really on your radar. You didn't think you were the type. You know, we all talk about this type. What type is that? I don't know. Anyway, um, were you surprised when God led you to become foreign missionaries? And how, how many years had you been married at the time when God started pushing you in this direction? We were married when we were 25. Um, it was October 2009. I think probably not even three months after that is when we felt the Lord just sort of put something on our heart to get more involved. Um, and the the challenge did come from our church, um, just that we as believers are all called to play a part in the Great Commission. And so they kind of laid it out like, you know, sending, financially, going, all these things. And so... We thought, okay, we do want to be more a part of this. Um, And just that next step for us was going to talk to somebody about, okay, how do we get more involved? Um, And, again, it was not on the radar for us (laughs) at all. You know, getting married was not on the radar at that point. And so by God's grace, um, you know, it could have been one of us feeling a burden and not the other. But by God's grace, both of us were feeling burden just to take the next step. Um, at that point, it was, you know, giving financially to people who who would be goers as missionaries. Um, and that was our first step. It was, so yeah, needless to say, it was surprising. Um, it felt like a big step for us just to go and speak, so, speak to somebody and begin to give financially. Uh, and we just confessed right there in the meeting, like, we're not church planners. 
Um, and <laughs> we're not. You know, yeah, we're, we're just we're here asking. to give money. We're just, we're just take our money yeah. and then we'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And Danny, did the Lord just keep pressing on your heart? Okay, no, I, I, okay, the money is great, but no, I want you. Yeah, I, I mean, we look back and, you know, we were all praying at the time, like a, the small group that I talked about, Luke 10 2, you know, we know that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I would just mm-hmm. like to let everybody know out there that's a dangerous prayer to pray because usually, at least in our own life, what, what happens is as you're praying for more laborers, God's doing, God is stirring up your heart. And so for us, we started looking at each other and been like, uh oh, <laughs> maybe we're the laborers that He's mm-hmm. um, asking for. And so. We still had a lot of maturing and learning about what that actually meant, um, but so thankful for the for our church um, and, and the leaders at the us. time. Yeah, they said even use basketball. You know, just just think how God might want to use how you how He created you, how you're gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, don't discount. They threw basketball at y'all. They, okay, and then we gosh. Were told, once I was like, wait, you can you can church plant and play sports. Where do I sign up? <laughs> um, so no, yeah, very thankful. Wow, that's, that's an amazing story. You know, you uh, tell us the verse again, Luke, Luke 10 too, Danny. Yeah, so in that, we, we understand that the harvest is plentiful. Mm-hmm. And so we're praying to the Lord of the harvest to, to raise up more laborers. It's the laborers that are lacking um, in this world. And so as we were just praying that he would uh, answer this prayer, uh, we felt like uh, we're the... You we're, were, the we're part of the laborers. You were the ones. You know, Mark sixteen fifteen says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every creature. And that's what you guys are doing. You're, um, you're leaving the comfort of the United States, which mm. this is a comfort, is a blessing to, to, sure. to live here, to be born here. And you're leaving that. Now, I remember... When you guys were getting ready to become foreign missionaries, all of the planning. And tell our listening friends kind of what you guys had to go through to to leave America and to prepare to head to East Asia. Yeah, that's a great question. It was. It took a long time. It was four and a half years from when we had that meeting um, and were challenged to consider how God might want to use us. Uh, until we finally landed in our host, host country. So I think that's not um, not to be overlooked because, um, yeah, it can be it can sound overwhelming, like, oh, as a listener, I could never do that. Um, but really what we just want to emphasize is the next step, like whatever God is calling any of us to is just one step of faith. And so mm-hmm. we don't know the end of the road, but um, he just led us faithfully one step at a time. It felt like we could see two inches in front of our face, <laughs> um, and that was it for the entire road. But, um, but yeah. Didn't you guys have to sell all your possessions? I mean, you, you got rid of everything. You traveled with I, I believe it was like two suitcases. I mean, I mean, very, just in a, just clothes, really, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. a toothbrush. I, I mean, that, and some shoes. Like that's all you took with you when and you I left. I think nine tubes of toothpaste because we didn't know <laughs> if we would be able to find that there. <laughs> okay, and help me to understand why East Asia. I mean, why not France, Italy, England? I mean, everybody needs Jesus, or South America, where you could just you know get in a car and come home once in a while. Absolutely. East. Asia is across an ocean, a incredibly difficult language for English speakers to learn. Yes. Like, that's a big bite out of that sandwich to go to East Asia. 
Why? Why Why that? For sure. And we get this question a lot. I mean, people talk about their neighbors, and there's a lot of people that need Jesus here in the U.S., mm-hmm. and we absolutely affirm that and agree. Um, but one of the things that um, we've noticed, um, there's a... There's Joshua Project. I don't know for those who haven't heard of that. Um, when we when we look at Matthew 28 um, and look at the Great Commission, you know they say go. Jesus is telling his disciples to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Nation nations there in the Greek is ethne, um, where we where we get people groups is probably the best translation is people groups. And so um, there are people groups currently. Um, that are have little to zero access to the gospel, which is hard for us to understand uh, as Americans. When there's a church on you know every corner, there's radio shows, the the internet is open. Um, you somebody, your neighbors, a coworker, somebody that you know in your life could at least tell you about Jesus. But what was eye opening for us is that um, there's over 3.3 billion people currently living on earth that has zero access to the gospel, which mm-hmm. is mind blowing. So that mm-hmm. they by the time when they're born, let's say they live eighty years and they die, apart from somebody going and telling them about Jesus, they are never even going to have the chance to respond. So this, these aren't people that have rejected the gospel. I want to make that clear. You know, these are people that had zero chance of ever responding. And so if we believe that Jesus is the only way um, to heaven to, to to gain salvation then somebody has to go. And so that that's one thing that, yeah. We, we that heard we, a, a quote recently that we speak of the second coming. Half the world hasn't heard of the first. Oh, wow. And so that was what kind of led us to look at the areas where there was little to no access hmm. um, and just to go there. Yeah, and so where, where these places are, so when you mentioned France and things like that, um, they look at what's called the 1040 window. Uh, so 10 degrees north, like latitude, and then 40 degrees north latitude is basically you're looking at North Africa, Middle East, um, and Southeast Asia, South Asia, and East Asia. Um, and 3.3 billion people live in this area and have zero access to the gospel. In this 1040 window. In this 1040 window. Okay. Um, and I, I think what has been, I think this is a blind spot for the, the Western church is that out of these 3.3 billion people, I know a lot of people, I know when we were starting this process, we were like, well, our churches are sending missionaries. Um, And when you look at stats, there's over 400,000 missionaries worldwide, and that's a pretty significant number. But actually working among these 3.3 billion is only Mm 13,000. So all the other missionaries are going to places that already have the gospel. Um, And so for us, that's heartbreaking. I mean, one of the best analogies that somebody had given us then is like, if, if you saw somebody that was trying to carry this massive log, you know, I don't know, across the road, it would look at, and there was on one end of the log had nine people, on the other end had one person, well, which side should you go help? You're going to go where the one person, but for whatever reason, whatever blindness the Western church has, we're just consistently funneling resources to places that already have it. Um, So that's laborers, but then uh, financial resources are even worse. Um, So out of actually what's given to financially to missions, only um, less than 1% actually goes to the unreached. So you're talking about the people that need the most resources, the most help, are getting the least amount, um, and that's just hard. So that really, those stats 
you know, you guys looked at each other and you said, okay, it's us. We're the laborers. Here we go. Now, did you guys learn a new language before you left? Did you try to earn that? As I remember seeing your blogs and you're like, well, here we go. We're off to a country where we are not going to be able to talk to anyone. (laughs) But you guys have learned some. I mean, living over there, you guys lived in East Asia for three years? Uh, Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Okay. So, yep, we picked up the language. We didn't know anything upon arrival. Um, we had been trained, and so one of the ways that we got over, you know, before going overseas, we, we had a really intense training uh, through our local church. It was a two-year program. Um, so we felt as prepared as possible for landing um, in the unknown. <laughs> but um, as far as, yeah, knowing anything <laughs> about that culture or the language, it was just, if anything, it was knowledge or, oh, yeah, I remember this from world history class in my <laughs> freshman year. And this is not what I remember it looking like. Wow. But. So talk about just touching down with feet for Jesus. And all right, here we go. Uh, you had to find a place to live. You had to traverse an unknown culture and unknown people. Well, uh, friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll continue to talk with Danny and Kristen about their journeys. Um, Kristen's had a health scare over the last couple of years that um, just God's divine intervention. Um, She's here with us today by God's divine intervention. And honestly, I really believe that that has set you guys on a new path. Um, and a new direction uh, to preach the word and to bring the word to to other people groups that are unreached. So when we return to Love Talk with Danny and Kristen right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You found the love ladies. Coach Carrie Brinkater here with my good friend, Kathy Enderbrock. And I am thrilled to bring you today Danny and Kristen Franklin. KJ played for me at Southwestern. You guys get to hear from a former player of mine today. I'm so excited about that. Um, and Danny is also a Southwestern Pirate, played on the men's team. Uh, so their roots run deep with each other back to their playing days. I've uh, been married now. Now for 10 years, almost 10 years, and are ministering to what Danny calls in the 1040 window, these 3.3 billion people who've never even had the chance to accept the gospel, to never even had the chance to understand who Jesus is. And um, just an amazing story that you guys in your 20s have said, okay, Lord, all right, just do with us as you will, and we will go wherever. Um, What a testament to just being faithful to listening to God's voice on your young married lives uh, and letting him take you on a fantastic journey for him. Now, KJ, you guys uh, had been in East Asia for several years, and you you said, okay, well, we need to get a physical. We haven't done that in a while. I guess it was suggested to you to go get a physical. And what happened as you thought you were just going to get a regular physical? Yeah, it's funny. We weren't even suggested that we get a physical. We were 33 at the time. We were, yep, just in our host country, normal, healthy. And we actually hit a snag with visa issues. Uh. Um, We wanted to move on to a new visa. But in order to do that, we had to leave the country, which I remember being annoyed about. (laughs) And so we did it. We planned four days in a neighboring country to process the visa. This country is in the region, the most well-known for its medical system. So we thought, okay, we have four days. 
you know, we'll get a physical during those four days while we wait for the visa to, to process. And yes, by God's grace, um, in this part of the world and in this hospital, they do a ultrasound of your abdomen as part of a routine physical. And, um, you know, I'm expecting nothing, just clean bill of health like normal. But they keep going over and over with the ultrasound machine and over and over and over um, this part of my abdomen and saying nothing. And then she says, um, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go get the doctor. And so, um, yeah, long story short, um, there was a lime size, about eight centimeters um, tumor on my left kidney. Mm. And um, I remember calling Danny just to tell him, like, hey, I, you know, most likely it's cancer, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they said, I just need to have this out ASAP. He was watching our one-year-old daughter at the time, and, yeah, we were just, of course, shocked, but also just remember this blanket of peace that I, I knew from the beginning, if God had not orchestrated all these details, we would not have found this tumor. Um, and so... From the beginning, just, okay, what's the next step? Um, and it was to fly home and have the two, have the kidney out ASAP. Um, kidney cancer is a silent disease, and there's no symptoms usually until it spreads outside the kidney. And at that point, it's too late. We knew um, we needed to get it out as soon as possible. Um, and, again, God's miraculous provision, we... Flew home and within four or five days had surgery scheduled at MD Anderson. Wow. Um, which just doesn't happen. Um, and so we had the entire kidney, you know, taken out and had to wait two weeks, I remember, to learn if it had spread outside the kidney or not. And that's a long time to wait when you're thinking, if it has spread, I probably don't have long to live. And if it hasn't spread, then I've got a normal lifespan ahead of me. So. Um, that was probably the most surreal and profound <laughs> time of my life where, um, at the same time it was blanketed in peace still. I think you can testify to that too, Danny, that, um, it was surreal. Absolutely. But and it was stage two, so it hadn't spread. It so hadn't that, spread. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um, so after two weeks learning that it hadn't spread and that it surprised me, my reaction to that news, because you know, after two weeks, I think I had gotten kind of excited about um, seeing Jesus sooner than later. Um, I was not as excited. <laughs> I can only imagine. It surprised me because I have a one-year-old daughter and, you know, everything is great. But um, that, yeah, that reaction did surprise me. And so I was all ears for what God wanted to teach me. Okay, he still has me on this earth for, you know, however long. Um, and so why, you know what did he want to teach me through this experience? And I think you touched on it, Kathy, this morning, just our uniqueness in him. And, um, I had, I've always struggled with confidence issues and feeling like I have to be perfect at everything I do. And if, if I'm not perfect, then it's not good enough. And so, um, newsflash, I'm not perfect at anything. (laughs) Um, but, um, I had carried that with me into church planning. I felt like, this is what it looks like to be a missionary. This is the giftings that I need to be a missionary. And I had just carried a burden that I was not um, intended to. And so I was tired. And I think God used that kind of scare to wake me up and um, help me realize he doesn't make mistakes. He gives people unique 
measures of his spirit um, that we all can make up the body of Christ and not all of us are gifted in evangelism. I'm not. Um, and so in the past two years, he's yeah had me on a journey of um, being confident in how he's created me uniquely. And, um, and then I can boast in my weaknesses too, because mm-hmm. in my weaknesses, his, his power is made perfect. And so, um, yeah, I can't say now that I, I, I'm excited to live the rest of my life here and, <laughs> and to do the things that he's got me, you know, has stored and planned for me. So, um, well, yeah. talking a little bit about the rest of your life. So this happened when your first child, Elise, was one year old. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 so now, um, you're you're sitting right in front of me, and you have another little beautiful baby inside your tummy, <laughs> getting ready to come out and meet all of us. Um, so tell us a bit about the, the new path for your life. So I mean, I so you're not at this point, you're not getting to go back to that original location in right. East Asia, you're going to have to go to a different location in East Asia. And, um, and, and now you're going to have two children with you. What, so what is ahead? Yeah, I know. Um, so we officially left, got kicked out this past November. Um, and we spent really spent the next month or two in prayer and fasting, asking those exact, exact questions like, Lord, what are you doing? We, we were expecting to be here long-term 10 plus mm-hmm. years, um, or at least until we weren't needed anymore. Um, and now we're out of the country. And so um, we really are thankful because we felt like the Lord told us two things. One, that we were still supposed to be in Asia somewhere. And then two, um, if there were local believers or a local church, uh, we wanted to join a team that was specifically engaging and partnering with them um, for a variety of reasons. Um, a lot of it had to do with security, and then the actual numbers weren't there for the people group that we were working with uh, in our previous country. Um, but we just felt alone, and it was just really difficult work when there weren't enough laborers. And we just found that, especially as foreigners, um, when as, as good as our language, let's say we became fluent, um, we still are so different. We're never going to be completely that new culture. You know, our worldview, language, um, again, is radically different. But what we found that is if, uh, and it's what we were talking about in, during the break, when I would share with somebody or read the Bible with some of my friends, I could tell they really desired and understood that Jesus is amazing. But it always came down to, well, Jesus, it's because you came from America and what he's done in your life is amazing, but I just can't receive him. That is not who I am. You know, to to be this people group meant to be Muslim, and to be Muslim meant to be, to be this people group. And so that uh, argument, though, is, is erased when it's somebody from within that same people group that looks like them, that came from their beliefs, and they're like, wait a minute, now you believe in Jesus how is this possible? You're not foreign. You are me. Um, and so what we found with friends who are doing this as well, that if you can come in and come alongside the existing church and love and support the bride, um, that, I mean, I hate using the word effective, but it is an effective way of doing ministry overseas. Well, I mean, it's two or more witnesses, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. just, so it's not uh, this outside foreign person who is American telling me and sharing me his American culture, right? Because right. that mm-hmm. would be how they perceive it. But here it is, 
um, another person who looks like me, lives like me, has mm-hmm. the culture that I have, and yet this same Jesus is transforming their life as well. And so they see these multiple witnesses and are able to say, okay, I can I can step into this relationship. Exactly. And so we were super thankful. We used those two things as sort of a vetting process as we were just kind of uh, seeking out teams there in Asia. And uh, by God's grace, we were able to find one um, and that we'll be heading at the end of this year to join them full time. Um, and it was just a really cool gift. They specifically partner um, with the local church, and it was actually the local church that invited them uh, to come alongside them to help train and mobilize, because mm-hmm. um, that is where, as foreigners, we we have a lot of expertise in, is coming along. Like, how do you share uh, your testimony? Um, I know here, even in the U.S., um, we, so many churches have programs like, hey, come and you want to learn to make disciples, let's do this. But it's still knowledge-based. There's not much application. And so what we try to do is model that for them. Let's take them out into the villages, uh, show them how to share their testimony, uh, how to pray for somebody, um, and then a really short you know, creation, like a gospel presentation. Um, and once they take hold of that, um, we just empower them that, hey, every our, our thought is every believer is a disciple maker and has potential to start a church. And so um, we just empower them with whatever we've shared, whether it's a Jesus story, not even necessarily the full gospel. Upon hearing that one Jesus story, we want to coach them and teach them that, hey, immediately go in obedience and share this with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's what we've been doing. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we we did a a, a teaching on uh, the lost sheep, Kathy, and we were just talking about that earlier, how, you know, when Jesus finds or the master finds that lost sheep, he calls everyone and says, let's rejoice, let's rejoice. And that's exactly what you said, Danny. Mm-hmm. Every believer is a disciple maker. Uh, when we return to Love Talk, more with Danny and Kristen um, as they share their journey to go take the gospel of Jesus Christ to unreached people groups. When we return to Love Talk, right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. We are so grateful and thankful that you have found Love Talk today. There's a reason you're here, friends. There's a reason this station is on. There's a reason that you have found us today. As we're talking with Danny and Kristen Franklin, they are missionaries reaching people groups, 3.3 billion unreached people groups in the world. I, I really had no idea. I go to church with uh, some some older friends that were missionaries in Africa their whole lives and they just have this amazing passion for people and their children are now missionaries in Africa and I know it's just been a huge blessing on their lives you guys um chose Asia now or God I guess since you're to Asia now Danny before we left for a break you were talking about this where you're heading now in Southeast Asia there's kind of a local church in our western eyes I think the local church right we're thinking about doors and a building and a physical space with lots of people doing lots of things for Jesus that's really not what it's like tell us more what you mean by local church yeah, it could be, you know, two or three believers uh, that are gathered in somebody's house. That's That could be considered a local church. And so we would want to come alongside them and partner with them uh, and empower them to go out and share. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's not this mega church, like let's partner with a, a church that has 20,000 members. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome if that was there. <laughs> you would need to go. I would need to go. Um, but yeah, so we're, these are very small groups. So the, the, the place we're entering into is 0.7% Christian. So, you know, 93, mm. 99.3% of the country is still unreached and without the gospel. And so we want to come along the side, those 0.7%. Wow. Um, and I know we were also touching on just like why church planning, because there there are so many different types of ministries and Mm -hmm. um, it is amazing how the Lord uses uh, all of that. As Kristen mentioned earlier, we are all uniquely created. Um, And so, yeah, there, there is a dire need in so many, whether it's justice, mercy missions, but for us with church planning, we just feel like in order for a culture to change, um, we want to see people passionate and abiding in Christ. Um, and f- yeah, that doesn't mean that we don't come alongside and help in whatever ways, help out with orphanages or help out with the sex trade and things like that. We absolutely do. And we want to be um, involved in those type of ministries. But uh, first and foremost, we want to be um, telling people about Jesus and we want those people to be telling people about Jesus who's telling people about Jesus. Um, and so that's really what we're passionate about. Your your ministry is purely relational. For sure. You go into these places. You don't know these people. You befriend people. You just walk around and start talking to people. That's how you met people in the last place that you lived. You just walk around the village and, and talk to people, and they become your friends. You invite them to your home, and, and you, you, you establish a relationship first. Then you start telling them about Jesus later. Is that is that kind of how you guys uh, approach things? Um, no, I'll make a slight correction. Slight correction, okay. Um, and so absolutely relational. Yes. Um, but from the very beginning in the first three or four sentences of us meeting somebody, I'm talking about Jesus, asking them what are their thoughts, do they even know who he is, what are their beliefs, um, just go right in. Yeah. You just diving right in. Are yeah, there ways that we can pray for you? Yeah. And Would you, are you interested in reading the Bible? Like that that simple question, even here in the U.S., I mean, it's amazing how many people say yes to at least reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just found that if you just, if this is the treasure, you know, this is what's most important in my life. If I'm hiding that, not that you're intentionally hiding it, but if you bring it up later, it, it they see it as not that it's not much of it yeah well yeah. and it's not a treasure or you would have mm-hmm. told me about it from the very beginning and so just owning that up front um, we've just found that people are able to dive in and appreciate and oh I like that so love I it mean, this is the thing that gets me is that you are this young couple incredibly good looking great education you have it together you were at you know college athletes. And so the world would say, oh, yeah, you're going to go on to, you know, make six-figure salary and have a great life and a beautiful home. And you've said, you know what, we're going to press into what the Lord has for us. And this is the, this is part of the work that he's prepared for us and that he's designed us for. And, you know, he's put this in our heart and we're going to pursue him and we're going to pursue these people in East Asia for him and some days, as you've said, it's gotten really hard, especially mm-hmm. when you your your initial place you were talking about over the break, your your initial location, there really weren't any other missionaries there, and some days got lonely. Can you tell us maybe about a day that you've had or an encounter particularly 
with a person where you've seen Christ kind of do something in their heart. You've had this conversation. You've come away and went, that is what I am here for. That was amazing. Thank you, God. When you almost went home skipping because it was so cool. Yeah, we have several, but one just popped into not, not even one that we've discussed on break, but um, we think about our very first teacher, uh, language teacher, and we know that there had been 20 plus years prior to, the, to, to us showing up where people were just loving on her, serving mm-hmm. her, sharing with her. Um, and we just happened to come in just at the right time to continue the work that somebody else has already done. Um, and it was really sweet to see um, her come to faith and now, yeah, a sister in Christ. And so um, her testimony was she never felt that uh, God could love her, could love mm-hmm. somebody like her in her brokenness. Um, but it was through the way foreigners um, had loved her that she was like, you know what, if if there is a God and he loves me um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like loves me just even the, in the small amount that I've been loved by these foreigners, then I'm I'm sold out and I, wow. I want to believe in that God. And so, um, yeah, that's an encouragement to everybody out there as well that um, the Lord is the one that's building his church, building his kingdom. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that's moving. And so by us just sowing seeds and loving people and meeting them where they need to be met, um, we may not have the privilege of seeing them come to come to faith, but that doesn't mean that somewhere down the road, God's sending somebody else uh, who's going to continue that path with them. Well, I know that has to be hard. You mentioned that it's kind of the equivalent of walking around in Austin, and you know there's four believers somewhere in Austin, four people that love Jesus somewhere in Austin, but you don't know how to find them. You don't know where they are, and... That's what you guys ha- have been entrenched in uh, for years is there's there's not a whole lot of believers walking around because of the culture and just the differences. But you're planting seeds. You're reading the Bible with people. You're showing them the face of Jesus. And um, you know that God's going to do a good work there. Absolutely. Grow that seed. Well, how can we, we know that church planting is not free? We know that you guys um, are depending on, you know, people to support what you do. How are you and your family funded as you spread the word of God? And how can we how can our listeners find you? Yeah. So praise God. The gospel is free. Yay. Um, but <laughs> the most important part is free. Yeah. That's right. Right. But for us to be overseas, um, we are supported by individuals. We are supported by two local churches. Um, but the vast majority of our support are, um, uh, by individuals like you. And so, um, we have formed a prayer and sup- financial support team. Um, and, uh, we are sent by an organization. And so our account is with this organization. Um, and so people that give monthly, it's tax deductible. Um, but we're receiving, they give, we, we, they, they're giving to God, they're giving to the organization and we receive the money from the organization, um, and from God. And so, um, I think the best way to go about, uh, I can give my personal email. Can Perfect. I not? All yes. right. So it's D Franklin. So D F R A N K L I N one zero at gmail.com. And so, yeah, if you, um, if you just want to find out more information or you want to get a part, like receive our newsletters that we send out quarterly, um, if you, so that you can be praying for us, uh, send me an email as well. Um, 
put your uh, phone number as well, and I'll definitely contact you, and we can set up a time to talk. You definitely want to get on that email list. That's Franklin, the number 10, at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, I am so blessed every time I receive the the update from Danny and Kristen, wherever they are in the world. Um, and Danny, you, you guys do such a good job of, of putting some pictures on there and uh, showing us kind of um, just a space that you're in with being very private. Uh, it's such a blessing. And then I know how to pray for you guys, uh, what you're going through, and some of the challenges that you've faced, and and some of the victories that you've had as well. Um, I know a lot of times in those letters you talk about your friends and these people that you're interacting with every single day, and they're so different from you. Um, but God loves us all. Kathy, you mentioned that before that there's 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 really one people group um god wants us to be one people group and a lot of times it's so hard in different cultures to understand that and really uh bring the cultures together uh to to see the face of christ and we just thank you so much for the work you guys are doing, you really are courageous. Um, we will pray for your safety. We will pray for the the church where you're going that uh, there'll be more and more and more come to know Jesus through that local church. I do want to plug something that was um, hugely influential for us. And maybe if you're curious and you're listening, um, you've never heard of this concept of people groups or you want to know more about God's heart for the nations. Um, if you go to perspectives.org, it's um, a 15-week course that they offer different places all over the country, probably exactly where you are um, every semester, and it was um, such a joy. Even just to audit the course, you can take um, even college credit, but um, it's, it's beautiful. Perspectives.org. That's what you gave you guys your springboard into this journey that you guys are on. Kristen, Danny, thank you so much for joining us today on Love Talk. Listening friends, again, you can contact Kristen and Danny, D. Franklin, the number 1010, D. Franklin 10 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get on their email list, if you want to find out how you can support them through prayer and finances. Thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk, friends. We are incredibly grateful for you and we'll see you next time right here back on love talk